another VD clinic. We are continuing my education, my, my exploitation education. Um, finishing up the, the Pam Greer trilogy of, uh, we, you know, we've already done the big dollhouse. So now we are here with a special guest to talk about women in cages and the big bird cage. Yes. Yes. Very exciting. I am Darren, if you don't recognize my voice, or you're brand new to this. And that was Vanessa. Hi, Vanessa. Hello. How are you? I'm good. And you? I'm just dandy. Yeah. I'm actually, uh, yes, I'm, I was just talking before we started recording about how relatively stress-free I am compared to... <laughs> how I was for a while when we last spoke <laughs> when we last spoke and also we last spoke about Handmaid's Tale so I'm a less stressed than that <laughs> uh, we, we need a little bit more Pam Greer busting a machine gun out of a guitar in Handmaid's Tale and bosoms busting out of blouses yes. <laughs> say that fast three times <laughs> blouses busting with bosoms or, yes. Or uh, the other way you said it. Anyway, yes. and we are here with <laughs> our dear friend, the witch. How you doing, sir? Yes, I'm awesome. You said the magic word. You said bosoms, and I appeared. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We deliver on bosoms. Mm, I love a good bosom. I've brought mine today. <laughs> hey, hey. And so did so, Pam Greer. And so did Pam Greer, yes. Oh, yes, she did. Yes, Although, she did. we'll get to my comment about <laughs> women in cages. <laughs> I know what your comment will be about women in cages. <laughs> Do you now? Oh, you know what? I'm fairly confident I know what it is. <laughs> I don't know. That's possible. Uh, it's possible. Uh, it's you, probably how... not dissimilar to my my thoughts on women in cages. Okay. Maybe. We shall see. But we um, shall see. First, how have you been how have you been, Witch? Welcome. I am awesome. Thank you for having me. This is my first uh first episode of the VD Clinic. As a guest, I'm very excited to be here, and uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Yes, and you, we let you off without reading. <laughs> yeah, you let me off without actually having to do like like serious uh, grown up stuff, like reading a book and stuff. Because uh, I, I love an audio book, but actual reading requires some sort of forward planning and possibly locking myself under the stairs. So uh, <laughs> it doesn't happen I, that often. In, in I thought my that home. was a Friday night for you, anyway. Yeah, but that's normally in the harness, and that's a whole different thing. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That makes a difference. Mm, it's hard to read in the harness. Yes. 
<laughs> Still will um, turn the pages. Well, and anyway, how are you, Darren? <laughs> Changing the subject. <laughs> I am still well. I am still um, well. Good, good. Um, so yeah, I mean, you two are two of the people that I think of first when I think of exploitation films. So this will be fun yeah. and educational. I'm not sure if I should be proud of that or not. Well, I, well, I had to say films because you're not the first people I think of when I think of exploitation. See, that's exactly a good thing. That's a good thing. I mean, sexploitation films are the best kind of exploitation films, just to oh, yeah. differentiate. But, uh, yeah, these are um, pretty good. Uh, are, it, you said it was actually part of the Pam Greer trilogy, but is really the Roger Corman one, although... Wait a minute. She also did Black Mama, White Mama. Did Roger Corman direct? I mean, produce that too? I don't think so. Yeah, see, I don't think he. I think it's more this is the trilogy that he produced because she and Sid Haig um, were also in Black Mama, White Mama. And I think Roberta Collins was in that too. Another one from this. Yeah, there were, because there were, there were kind of all this group right in a row before that came out um before uh coffee and that yeah happened. yeah because they're all done in the philippines virtually right. back to back well these three were done back to back if you've um i've read her uh autobiography and she talks about the filming of like basically yeah i think did i did i mention this during the audio commentary that um she basically had been engaged to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar right around the time he was converting to Islam. And part of why they broke up is he, she didn't want to convert, but she also wanted to go and do more with her acting career and this kind of thing, like and go off to like the Philippines and and take these kind of opportunities. And so it was kind of like that was the point when they went there separate ways. And she went down for the first three, like right all one right after the other. And I think half like or, or significant amount of the cast it was at least half of the cast was all sick at once because of some sort of not, you know, some sort of stomach bug. You know, but yet they were like trying to, they were under such time constraints to kind of pump these three out. Yeah. I mean, in true Roger Corman fashion. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, no, just stop vomiting, shoot, go back to vomiting. Right. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, yeah, that's why I don't know um, if um, I'm checking by the way, this because this is going to bug me. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Talk amongst no, see, actually, okay. Black Mama, White Mama, written in part by Jonathan Demi, by the way. I had forgotten that one. But his producer, no. See, Roger Corman wasn't producer on that one. That's the difference. So when you're talking about the trilogy... The Women in Prison trilogy. Um, 
the Philippine one, at least. Because didn't he, I'm sure he's done other ones. I mean, what what kind of exploitation hasn't, you know, Roger Corman dipped his toe into more than three, four, or five times? I mean, it's just... <laughs> oh, yeah, women in prison, you could, you know, you could stack them up and they'd be higher than Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Right, exactly. <laughs> Same with the alien ones. Like you just go, you know, go down whatever little kind of, you know, niche. But and just find a way to put some boobs on the screen and make it for cheap. Yeah, <laughs> you know, that's that's basically a main requirement, I think. But and I'm not complaining. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. But we will get into that more in a moment. Um. Do you have anything to anybody else have anything to say before we take a quick break? No, I'm good. Okay. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. In a world gone mad. As you know, the doomsday clock is a symbolic clock face analogizing humankind's proximity to extinction. One man must fight to survive on the global junkie of the future. You maniacs! You blew it up! Ah, oh, damn you! God damn you all to hell! Which versus the Doomsday Clock is that man's story? His search for entertainment is transmitted across time and space for your listening pleasure on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and your Android device. This podcast is not fit for human consumption. Side effects include laughter, concern, nausea, vomiting, and burden for more purposes. The magicians accept no responsibility for any side effects, illness, or attempt for any human cause. My effect guarantees with nothing, zero, 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 no sausage. In short, you get nothing, nothing. Good day, sir. Okay, and we are back with Women in Cages from 1971. I, okay. This is the there is there are two insanely different descriptions on IMDb of this movie and one is so pathetic I can't even I can't even read it again just visually <laughs> not even reading it out loud <laughs> so I'm going to go with the other one and I'm going to have to add some commentary <clears throat> I have some cuz I have some thoughts about this one thing Carol Jeffries, known as Jeff, is a naive understatement of the fucking century. Uh, sorry. <laughs> I have so much to say about that shit. Um, is a naive American woman staying in the Philippines. She's given 10 years in prison after being set up by her drug dealer boyfriend, Rudy. She endures the harsh conditions, a sadistic head matron, and attempts on her life, then convinces her cellmates to try to escape with her through the jungle, in spite of the knowledge that ruthless trackers will be sent after them. Dun dun dun. Um, <laughs> the ah, oh, the naive thing. <laughs> oh, oh, naive is not the word. I know. She is the epitome of the stereotype of as much as I hate this term it is also 
really fucking true. I'm sorry. She's very much that dumb bitch. <laughs> that is just, she is too stupid for her own good. Like, out of naivete or just ignorance, just something that's so, she she's not only going to get herself killed, she's going to get all these other people killed. Because she's yeah. so, she's so blind, and it is painful. She's pain. It's painful, and it plays into every single trope of, like I said, that stereotype of, which you have in every single one of these. There's always some kind of character that personifies the quote unquote, as in you know, in exploitation, that dumb bitch. <laughs> it really, you know, I like I said, I hate to say it, but it's true. Yeah, I mean, and these ones, it's it's almost like it's the ignorant foreigner abroad thing. And it's just like, oh, right. you have no idea about the culture or the people or fucking anything. No. How, how are you, like, just not, like, stabbed and robbed and dead in an alley somewhere? How did she make it this far is what I want to know. I, I mean, really, how did she end? And also that scene where she gets set up with the drugs or whatever um, at the cockfight, isn't it? <laughs> I'm like, Fucking well, Rudy. Fucking yeah, Rudy. Rudy. Rudy and he's cockfighting. Yeah. Wasn't the same, the way that whole thing was shot, wasn't that also in The Man with the Golden Gun? And when did that come out? <laughs> because were they, did they come out the same year or was there a difference? Because, I mean, I would laugh because it, it really the blocking and everything is so similar that I, yeah. I would bet if you put them next to each other, they are the same. That is a James Bond movie. And I have probably not seen it. Oh, it's a good one. Christopher Lee, man. Yes. Christopher with three Lee. nipples. <laughs> oh, you got there before me, but Mrs. Garamunga, the man with yes. three nipples. Yes. Uh, it's worth saying it just for Christopher Lee. He it is, is awesome. It is <laughs> awesome. Britt Eklund is in oh. it. Oh, is that the, that's the landlord's daughter, right? Yes. Or, yeah, okay. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you, my sentiments, too. And the bikini. Oh, my God, the bikini. Oh. Uh, <laughs> anyway, we were talking about Pam Greer <laughs> in mm. this one, and that is <laughs> that is actually <laughs> beats it to me for me. But <laughs> that's... um. Although, okay, I'm going to get this right out of the way. And this is my biggest thing I have to com I have to complain about and say about Pam Greer in this movie. Which, now, you like the Nazi exploitation kind of movie. Well, yeah, it, it's sort of like... It, some, or at least it, appreciate it, that. Yeah, you, you sort of go sexploitation, exploitation, right. Nazi exploitation. Exactly. Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I like I've said, I can't get into those. Although Salon Kitty is a really good movie, <laughs> it is That's so much better. Creepy shit. It, but it's fucking an art film. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same crew that made Caligula, pretty much. <laughs> Caligula. Yeah. So you know, minus the Bob Guccione. So it's, you know what I mean? It's anyway. But 
so you if you know those films what i do like about those films and i appreciate in those films is the sensibility of the uniforms and i'm yes. coming at this from a costumer point of view not just from a fetish point of view <laughs> but there is yeah that embrace it <laughs> embrace the women in uniform embrace it with all of your heart because that that was one of the things that i'm going oh Look, I'm not ashamed to say oh, I love a woman in uniform. Yeah. Well, Pam Greer has such a beautiful, voluptuous body. Mm. And her uniform is so ill-fitting in this compared to the other female guards, if you notice. Mm. It's really, it's really interesting and I'm like, why was that not showcased? She should have at least been wearing what they were, you know, to some extent, to be fitted the same way because it would be like that actually, I mean, as far as an actual military uniform. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about, right, you know, thinking about a proper guard uniform, everyone should have it. But I think it was a case of one size fits all, but not Pam. Well, I, and maybe it was a matter of, in order to fit over her breast, they had to give her something that was not fitted. They didn't take the time to put some darts in that. You could have done that very easily. I could have done that in less than an hour. Okay. Perhaps it was the case of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sneaking into her room and altering <laughs> her clothes. No, that but that was over by that point. Ah, okay. That was over by that point. Now, but, while, while we're just talking about uniform, I'm gonna. One of the other things that really got to me was there was a lot of strategic placement. Oh yes, <laughs> so much strategic placement, and, and that was one thing I was actually going to bring up. You have these torture scenes in there because Pam Greer plays the, you know, wicked matron Alabama, and. In these scenes, you have the women stripped down. However, there are strategic placements so you cannot see their crotch. And I'm like, are they doing this to avoid certain ratings? Like, do they think they're going to get an X rating if they show torture with pubic hair in the same scene? I, I don't know. It uh, made me wonder. It and might then, have been a Philippines thing. I'm not 100% sure. But by the same token, you never get to see Pam's nipples. No, you don't. Oh, wait. Nope. Nope. You don't get to see him fully. You're right. You don't. Uh, look, I, I watched it a couple of times <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> For science. No, you do. During the gang rape. Oh, maybe. Yeah, there, you do. There, there's a, No, that's oh, the only it. time you do. That's oh. No. I've realized, actually, I rewatched it last night, and I was like, you know, sadly, that is the only time you get to see her bare-breasted completely. True, yes. She, like, has, like, one, like, she's opening, but she's not fully unveiled. Yeah, getting, or whatever. she's getting or, birched with the branch, they're sort of like a strategic tears. Right, but, exactly. Yeah. But I'm okay. saying in the whatever sex scene she had earlier um with teresa you know they were it was it, and it was all like 
dimly lit too. So you couldn't see a certain amount, but it was interesting that you had this one. Yeah. Where I, I don't know. It, it just, I, I was kind of like one, it bugged the costumer in me. <laughs> like I said, <laughs> cause I'm also thinking logistic, you know, uniforms, whatever. But, um, I'm just like, Oh, that's such a shame. I mean, <laughs> If you're going to play up the exploitation factor, you know, you would expect that. That's all. Yeah, I mean, I, I was hoping for Ilsa-level uniforms. Well, of course. I mean, that is the only thing I appreciate, uh, really, about the Nazi exploitation. I mean, that's the only thing to appreciate about the Nazis. They had uniforms that were well-designed. Well, they had uniforms by Hugo Boss. Exactly. <laughs> like they, they knew what they were doing with their their flair and everything, and yeah, and their cut and every yeah. <laughs> if you're doing a uniform, it's kind of it's fucked up. <laughs> but you anyway, ideology aside, great uniforms. Yeah. Right. But speaking of okay, and so for. Women in prison movies in general, exploitation movies in general, I do not expect costumes to be accurate. So I know that I, you know, but the, the uniform thing does, does bug me just basically because why I'm kind of like, why aren't they, I'm surprised they weren't trying to showcase, you know, Pam Greer's bosom more, you know, it was a missed opportunity, you know, Absolutely. so so that's what, you know, whatever. Then that's partly my own personal thing because I like her so much. But the you have to look at the the costumes so many other times in the and we saw this when we saw the big dollhouse that um these what the what the prisoners wear. <laughs> these these little flimsy dresses and they're out there in the the cane fields no shoes like that's a regular thing that you would do and i'm like no actually they would at least make you wear your you know sandals or whatever bare minimum out there because they would want you unless it was a day that they were going to punish you for some reason you know or whatever but they does it seems to be like oh no this is an everyday thing we just work with no shoes <laughs> yeah, no shoes no shoes but changes of underwear and i noticed that i went oh they did actually get to change their underwear that's nice to know well yeah i mean they don't get many showers but they get at least one yeah especially when when they're about ready to get dignitary visitors yeah then twice in one week i I know right I, i know that's a uh, pretty important. Uh, glad to know that <laughs> there's just I, I I don't know, um, Darren. Yes. This was your first time watching this. What what did you think? It felt kind of familiar. <laughs> you know, there were things, and you know, later on uh, when we talk about the big birdcage, uh, one of the times I watched that. 
I listen to the director commentary and mm-hmm. occasionally through the thing, he's like, Oh, and here's the thing, you know, there's something you have to have if you're doing a women in prison movie. And yeah, you know, it, it, yeah, it felt familiar. It was good. I liked, uh, yeah. Like you said, Pam Greer and, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I don't know if this is burying the lead or whatever, but I feel like I like Big Bird Cage more than this. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it was fun. You know, I just put it on and uh, <laughs> Jeff, fucking Jeff. Um, okay. I... What did you call her? TDB? Yeah. Um, TDB. Yeah. You know, everybody wants her dead. And she's like, oh, did that rat eat my sandwich? Oh. Was someone trying to kill me? Oh, my God. How did that snake get in my bed? <laughs> I just have the worst luck. All I can say is she is in my, my first note that I wrote down in my book was so Jeff. So like, like in caps, underlined five times. So annoying. And so was her hair. all i can say is you know what comes to mind (laughs) and i know some of the other hairstyles in in these movies could maybe be said same could be said about it too but not as much with as her hair but it makes me think of the line from Mean Girls. Her hair is so big, she hides secrets in there. <laughs> like <laughs> she can hide secrets in her hair. Like it's so big. <laughs> like whatever. That's what you feel like. What is like going on with the hair? There's something up in there. <laughs> like I mean, maybe she was getting prep prepped to be a drug mule. They're going to hide the heroin in her hair. I guess. I don't know. She was just <sighs> dangerously stupid. Dangerously yeah. stupid. And it. she, from for me, she is a disappointing character, that lead character that we're kind of supposed to follow. I mean, it's, it's really technically an ensemble type thing but she's more the lead you know because it, she's it's her story that pushes us into this you know prison and is how we're going to get out of there it's, yeah. it's supposed to be her i'm like really and even the one that's the junkie has she has her shit more together than her and usually the junkie at least what we saw in the first in in the you know the big dollhouse no the junkie was the one that was that same trope you know of... that was stokes right stokes was the junkie yeah 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 stokes was the... now what got me stokes was a junkie who was obviously obviously a bit strung out but she couldn't even kill a dumbass like jeff <laughs> seriously you could just like trip her over and she would fall over and kill herself for some unknown reason and couldn't do that <laughs> I know, I know. Well, but do you think she was trying to just fuck with her, and eventually, but or maybe it maybe realize I mean, realize that she had to get her out of there alive 
so she could get out herself. Because she realized that Jeff was just dumb enough to maybe make things work out. (laughs) (laughs) But, oh my god, I mean, it really, it's just, oh, oh my goodness. (laughs) And she is beyond annoying. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Fucking Jeff. (laughs) Even when she got hit with a random acid attack in the hole, still just too stupid to die. (laughs) Unbelievable. Yes, true, true, true. So I I know it it really, I, I just. I don't know. She, I, I really get, she, you know, every time she'd open her mouth, you're like, I want to tune out for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It, it but, was a bit, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, it was a bit conflicting to be rooting against Pam Greer, kind of, because she's the villain, but yeah. not really wanting to root for Jeff. <laughs> right. It's like I, you know, just hash it out yourselves. Uh, I'll be okay, you know. But I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm like sitting there, and you know, as Pam Greer's like saying, "Say it, yes, Matron." I'm like, "Yeah, I'll say whatever you want me to say, Pam. Yes, <laughs> yes, Matron. Yes, sure." Oh, we all will. We all will. <laughs> See, even the cat agrees. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, then it's unanimous, right? <laughs> Take her to the playpen. Yes, please. <laughs> sure, whatever you want to do to me, <laughs> please. <laughs> Although I will say, you know, I'm good with hot wax, but the gas burner might be a little much. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, when when they strapped her into the boots, I'm going. Okay, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Oh, no, no. That's not good at all. I'm like, something's going to get singed. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we know. No one likes the smell of your burning hair, let's be honest. No, that's that's very true. Very true. (laughs) It's why I would never buy a vibrator that plugs in. I just don't want it to catch on fire. <laughs> I know someone that that happened to. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. I'm waiting for the reason to come. And there it is. I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> so women in cages. Well, so, okay. One thing I do want to say that's interesting is that Pam Greer's character, her Alabama character. Who was from New York, right? Right. From Harlem. There was Alabama. She was from New York. But she's always bringing up these instances of racism. um, Basically like why she left the, the States was you know 
whites being racist against blacks, you know, and against her and being raped and being put out, you know, working the streets or, you know, at different points. Like, I mean, that's, that's kind of an interesting little backstory that they add to her to make you, to make her more sympathetic, actually. And I think in a way, compared to other women in prison movies where you don't sympathize, are not made to sympathize with the wicked warden, the wicked matron, whatever. You know, certainly you didn't see that in the big dollhouse. You were just like, oh, no, you just fucking hated her. <laughs> yeah. She yeah, was uh, straight uh, up nasty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah nasty. Just <laughs> nasty. Exactly. Yeah. I, um... I was noticing <laughs> the, uh, I don't know if it's this time because I was watching on, you know, HGTV and like a, a bigger screen than I had seen it on before. But I was like, hmm, Stokes has um some very nicely manicured hands, you know, for having been working out in the cane fields and being at a labor camp. <laughs> I'm like, that manicure is on point. <laughs> it's the little things that keep you sane on the inside, right? That's exactly it. And, you know, they're in the Philippines, so there's probably not a shortage of, of people that are qualified and have had a lot of experience doing mani-pedis. And that way you've got an excuse to have a shiv laying around. Just, yeah, just exactly. Doing yeah. Just doing my nails. Yeah. yeah. And, and, so Teresa, you know, you know, she if she wasn't shiving or in church, she had a little shop. She did nails. It was fantastic. Ter Teresa, her eye yeah. makeup and brows were oh, on fucking point. I they were I'm so like, awesome. I want that. I, it's I'm like no, I, w I yeah. I wish I had those eyebrows. Yes. It was, I am like, no, man, that's, I, that's the one thing <laughs> every, I, that's the one thing we see these certain movies from this kind of era and that I, I'm all of a sudden like, no, I want that eye makeup. <laughs> and then I start doing outrageous eye makeup for about a month afterwards. <laughs> so it happened after watching Liquid Sky, I was like going crazy with blue mascara damn 80s shit <laughs> oh, that, that wasn't good in the 80s i was there and it wasn't oh but oh it's uh, anyway it is kind of fun anyway um my cat yes is ground groaning to that one but um no you mentioned uh church or whatever I do love that when they're trying to have the escape, they knock out the one guard with the candle from the chapel, like bonk, <laughs> like the big <laughs> religious, like nice Catholic religious, you know, uh, you know, it's like a big spindle with oh, a votive candle on top. And I'm like, those things, I know how much those things weigh. Those are yeah. fucking heavy. You will, you will cave somebody's skull in with one of them. That is heavy. But the yeah. other bit, like, in that particular scene is they go to the trouble of crucifying her. Thank you. I was just going to say that. That's that's the other thing is then they strip her and tie her to the cross. I am like, wow. Wow. 
Yeah, just let's really make a fucking point. <laughs> yes, yes. And she had been praying just before all of this happened, like kneeling down praying. And yes. earlier, she they had noticed her praying. Yes. Yeah. Way to play on her belief system. Yeah, we, we need to go light a candle and escape. Right. Well, and this this film has such a greater feeling of moral morality kind of play or like judgment than I feel other women in prison movies because if you look at like it has that aspect but it's like you have these characters that so many of them are involved in some form of sex work and that's part of what they are doing behind bars I mean in the labor camp um, drugs or sex work but these ones who escape back, you know, to Rudy or whatever, like this is his brothel, basically um, brothel boat, whatever. And at the end of it, the very closing shot is Stokes. They're just like strung out, like having some guy like, you know, who's paid her whatever. And he's just, going at it and it's just such a bleak shot it's it's like requiem for a dream type shit yeah he's it's all like not, sweaty and everything else not yeah that, it's but not oh, that artistic <laughs> no no just just sad because yeah. you know you, you you could you know go the brothel boat some will be taking some more fun drugs but no it's no. just sad sex brothel boat well yeah i mean because when you end it that way it's not just okay jeff has escaped with whatever guy or it was wouldn't they, was he a cop or was he going to go to help her go to the cops what no, the I, I think he was I, a cop uh, in the end i sort of worked that he was he was a cop because he said his name was like sergeant acosta or something yeah or he was in the military i'm, I never I'm here figured. to help yeah yeah i couldn't figure that out for like exactly what it was uh yeah <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a minor point. Minor point. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, it just—I don't know. It, I, that's what I feel like about this film is that this is a little bit more just kind of all over the place at, at certain points. That you're like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> Did I miss something? I know. I, I'm like, maybe I'm you know not exactly sober while I'm watching this, but. I'm not that fucked up. <laughs> I'm, no, no, I, I can follow basic plot points. And I mean, I've got I've got notes in here that's like, these guys cops? Are they lawyers? Are they gangsters? <laughs> and I uh, saw... It. Is he from the embassy? What? <laughs> what? Yeah. And I saw it twice this week, and it, these are this is not the first time I saw it. I've seen it multiple times before. So, yeah, that should tell you something about this movie. I really... Yeah. It's not that it's incompetent, but it just kind of loses its way. It just it, it just sort of sort of meanders back and forth and then mm-hmm. goes off on a tangent and then forgets where it was and then comes back. And, and like, just while we're like vaguely meandering. Um, look, <laughs> Which is what we do best here. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm not uh, unfamiliar with strippers. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, right. I've had my, my, my share of, of glitter on my face. Um, but the, the strippers working on the brothel boat really weren't trying very hard. Oh, no, they weren't. They, they were just like, nah, whatever. 
Nope. Not, not in time to the music, just just nope. not trying at all. Nope, nope, nope. nope. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> and they had a tiny porn room too. I noticed that. I appreciated that, actually. I thought yes. that, was, that was very nice. Yeah, you know, look, happy couples watching porn of some guy just burying his face in the woman's crotch from behind. Just, sure. <laughs> why not? Why not? Why not? Hold me close in the tiny porn room. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Didn't know you'd be serenading us tonight. <laughs> oh, yes, you did. I always find a way to sing, don't I? Um, well, a lot. I mean, you were playing drums last month, so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a whole other. <laughs> and you know what else is iffy about this movie? <laughs> the audio track. <laughs> oh, yeah. There are parts where everything is synced up fine, and then there are parts that it just isn't. <laughs> yeah, there's parts where you go, I, no, hang on, roll that back. No, it's the movie. It's not me. It's the movie. It's the movie. And then you realize other times, oh, no, it's fine. No, wait, not anymore. (laughs) Like, how did I get out of sync on the Blu-ray? Right? (laughs) (laughs) Did I stroke out? Is that what happened? (laughs) Yep. It was only on the rewatch that I realized, oh, no, it's not just it. It wasn't just me at that time. (laughs) It's the end of the day. That's good enough. Next. (laughs) Moving on. We'll we'll fix it in post. It'll be fine. Who's fucking looking at their mouths? Should we do a second take? No. (laughs) Move on. Only when we redub it in Italian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness so um i don't know what else, what else do we have to say about this um look i think the only other note that i had that was probably prominent was the fact that i'm pretty sure that prison showers are supposed to be a lot sexier mm. i yeah well, i've seen them sexier Mm. other movies have told me they are well and that was the whole point i'm there going the showers that'll be a little bit sexy and it was like no this is a sad shower and now that you've all been de-liced um now you're just just weird now i feel a bit odd i'm having flashbacks between shawshank redemption and super troopers uh (laughs) right i mean with that and that's just it is that you this movie has these moments where it's being salacious but it's not consistent that's the entire thing about this this entire thing is not consistent about its tone and that's i think its biggest problem Mm. actually speaking of shawshank when when the girls escaped out of the hole (laughs) all all i could hear was so the girls crawled through three miles of shit (laughs) i totally thought of shawshank as well but i did not hear the morgan freeman narration in my head oh now i will oh um, yeah (laughs) came out of still fucking jeff (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, it's a fun watch. You know, um, I still haven't seen a whole lot of this kind of movie, but I saw some familiar things that I understand I will be seeing a lot of as we go through this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, you know, most genres have a basic formula and it's just what they do with it. Yeah. The other one that jumps to mind has got to be Bear Behind Bars. That that well and truly slides into porn territory. That is right up there. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there are, it depends on, you know, it depends on where, where yeah, which, where you go. It, I mean, I think some of the European ones, like when you're talking Jess Franco, <laughs> like, how do I always say, I'm like, no, for women in prison movies, I feel like you have the better boobs in the Roger Corman ones. And there's more fingering in the Jess Franco ones. So what do you want? I mean, that's... Yeah, that, that, that's a good delineation there. Good delineation. Yeah, and I mean, some days I want more boobs and some days I want more fingering. So, you know, I just go with the flow. I think that's sure. something we can all basically agree on. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Darren, would you recommend this movie? For sure. Okay. Which would you reference? Hmm, <laughs> let me think. Hmm. Ah. Oh. oh yes, yes. Everyone should see this movie. It is awesome. My look, if for no other reason than Pam Grey. Well, agreed. I know that and I, and for me that's what I kind of I do kind of like about it is that it is Pam Greer in the in more the villainous role, which we don't get to see her in that often. And it's nice for a change. And yes, Matron, I will say whatever I will say and do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the Shout Factory Blu-ray has all three of them together anyway. They do. They're they're all together. Yeah. The Roger Corman trilogy. So then do yourself a favor, folks. Get that Blu-ray. Yeah. The two yes. movies we're talking about tonight are on one disc and uh uh Big Dollhouse was on a separate one. In yeah. My copy. Yeah. Same with mine. Yeah. Same. Okay. Well, let's take a break and then we will come back with the big birdcage. We shall return. Fay Ray. <coughs> Janet Lee. Adrian King. <coughs> Heather Langenkamp. <coughs> Amy Steele. <coughs> that weatherman who saw the cockroach. That, oh my god, that is Oh my god! Jamie Lee Curtis. <coughs> and you. Come on. You know you wanna. Let her rip. <coughs> There. Now don't you feel better. You are now officially a Scream Queen. Come play with the rest of us at www.screamqueens.com. That's Queens with a Z. Or you could subscribe to us on iTunes. Either way, 
It's gonna be fucking fabulous. The Scream Queens Horror Podcast. It's where horror gets bent. And now, another episode of Quarantine Theatre. That one's yours. We have a new pig, boys and girls. Aw, oh, knock it off, Jones. Can't you see the chick's got class? <laughs> what does a hoe like you know about class? She's got no class. She's just another hoe, too. Welcome to cottage number two. We start work at four in the morning. You ready? <gasps> That'll be the day. Suppose I don't. You get your ass kicked in. Don't worry about it. I gotta be out of here in a day or two. Yeah, who's gonna spring ya? Your friend, the Prime Minister? You mean she really knows the Prime Minister? I don't know if she told you this, but around here, amongst us honest thieves and murderers, a political prisoner is the lowest dirty scum you can be. Come on, come on, Carla. Tell us what she had to do with the Prime Minister. She was balling him. Wait a minute. She's all right, then. That makes her a hoe. She's okay. No, that's not the same thing. Not with the Prime Minister. Look, whether you're balling some clapped-up dude in the back room of a bar or king shit Imperial Palace, baby, is still hoeing. She's okay. Unless she did it for fun. And she's not a whore. She's political. Fun? With that fat creep? How about it, pig? Did you like it? Or not. I always like it. Don't you? Hey, my things are gone. All right, which one of you bitches took my things? You must have lost them somewhere, honey. Nobody in here would have ever steal anything that didn't belong to them. Oh, well, I'm going to call the guard and see what he has to say about it. You know you've got a pretty face. Well, forget it, honey. You're not my type. I'm only trying to tell you, if you call the guard, it's not going to be so pretty anymore. Oh, is that a threat? It's a fact. Honest. I'm only trying to help you. Okay, (laughs) we are back with The Big Birdcage from 1972. Although, you know, really, they were probably all filmed in... 70, 71, and just distributed, I think, over a few years, to tell you the truth. They were just cranked out in, like, such a short amount of time. But this was the third one filmed. And yet again, we have Pam Greer. And actually, yes, yet again, we have Sid Haig in, in, her, in a role in this one. Um, we also have Vic Diaz making an appearance and Carol Speedman. Oh, I'm sorry. Carol Speed. Who plays Mickey in here? Ah, okay. Ah, yes, yes. 
who play you know the lead in Abby, <laughs> yes. the basically yes. the black exorcist. <laughs> that movie is so bad. And Diaz, oh, Diaz mean, is the. I mean, she's been in guard, other stuff, right? but she's that's her big role. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? Vic Diaz? Yeah, he's the guard, right? Who the? Yeah, he's Rocco. The, yeah, Rocco, the really good. I, I, I kept seeing the one that Quentin Tarantino calls the Filipino Peter Lorre or something. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, and I forget. Um. Oh. God, the let me find it. The name of um, Andres uh, Setanera, who plays like Warden, Warden Zapata or Zappa. Oh. Sorry, Zapata is what I keep wanting to call him, but it's Zappa. Um, and uh, no, he's been in. He's in a bunch of Filipino uh, films. Like he had a, a you know whatever long career too, but um, this one is also it was like Big Bird was in um like the Big Dollhouse directed by Jack Hill. So you have actually a well you have a better director. Let's face it, that last one I I think that was part of it is the director. Just I don't know. It's not Jack Hill. Jack, he, nope. not Jack Hill. That's why I, I mean, I, I mean, I think that's the biggest difference. I mean, this has a different vibe, you, definitely. Oh, look, th- this is definitely a funnier movie. It, it's definitely played for entertainment value. Well, this one was purposely made to be a, a comedic, like or a satire, yeah. kind of like yeah. you have that aspect. There are points if you listen to the music in the background that. It's comedic completely. Mm. The film is sped up in chases to make it more comical. It, you know, even amidst scenes that are serious, there are these small segments that are thrown in to give it this other little element. In addition to these over the top gay characters, <laughs> gay male characters, usually it's always the lesbian guards. Um, which, by the way, D. Wallace plays the dyke lesbian warden or, or matron in um, Rob Zombie's Three from Hell. Um, yeah, she plays that role. Thank you. And <laughs> now in this one, instead of the lesbian matrons or warden, we have the gay ones that are gay men. And it's interesting to me that they are also it's yeah it's i don't know it's this weird kind of why are we always putting the gays in the position that we're the punishers <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> we're not well c- considering there's a line by rocker that uh, after one of the women gets raped he says why does that ever happen to me but see that's just it it is it's so it's and like we prison guard snagglepuss. About... <laughs> yeah, it's so ridiculous. <laughs> um, right, and there is, and this had to have a scene cut where females, like, like more, you see more of the female rape of him. 
you know, oh. <laughs> like oh yes, that that was cut out so it didn't get an X rating, but wow. you still get that from the film, and that's like a totally different thing from the rest of these women in prison movies. Really, yeah. there's that blonde mm. incel type lady. That's just like, oh, I wish I would get raped by the guards or, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because she, she is just full on just, just anything to get, uh, get Tell some Tell me sex. a dirty joke. And he would have got a new <laughs> dirty jokes. Yeah. Um, I feel like she led, led the rape. Mm. Oh, yes. Well, oh, yeah. I get the feeling she like tied a knot around it, like got a, a shoe a shoelace and tied a knot around his his junk just to force it up. It was just like, oh, I, right. I mean, I'm just like, no, that stop. I mean, and she and knew. we didn't and we didn't talk about the sexual assault in the last one. And I mean, yes. The women in prison genre has so much sexual assault. We know this. But the last movie, it was a diff. I I don't know. It was this group of bandits, you know. Well, the the trackers that were, they were just, look, I'm going to say it. They were very rapey. Yes, they (laughs) were. Very, very rapey. And and screaming and laughing and just like no, this is that now now I'm not happy with this movie. But fortunately, they didn't no. dwell on it too much. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. But I will say, I, I actually I didn't I didn't say this before, but Pam Greer actually had experienced a gang rape growing up. Mm. So I wondered if and if that scene in any way triggered her. I mean, I know it's acting, and I know there are boundaries, but you can also delve into some crazy emotional places. And when you, if you are acting, you know, to elicit the right response or whatever, I mean, you know, you have to. Yeah, that's kind of. I had that thought when I watched it last night, because it just it kind of like came back to me that it was like, oh, that's right, she did have that happen to her. Yeah, and that that scene is quite visceral. It really oh, very yeah, much. It's, it's yeah, like it's when cool. they realized that the prisoners that they've been paid to track, she that Alabama has paid to track, you know, at different points, have turned the tables on her. They then also not just they go after Teresa, because you know she's easy pickings. Um, they then go out, they turn the tables on Alabama too. They don't care that she, they've, she's paid them before, but yeah, they, just, know, yeah, that, but that's it's also just shit. rapey, yeah. rapey. Let's just be rapey. Yeah. Like, let's just be insane and rapey and right. yeah, we'll get paid $50 per body. It's right. Like, yeah. It was. Yeah. But. Anyway, sorry. Back to the big birdcage. I had to. I, I realized that we didn't talk about that before, and that is a totally different thing in this movie. Is that it's the females assaulting the males? Yes. 
And you did actually see a female sexually assault a male in the big dollhouse. Yes. But you also saw a male assault a female. Like, it, you know, it was, it, it was different. I don't know. But this is so much more <laughs> extreme because they have this hyper stereotype of a gay man, too. Oh, yeah. It's... Yeah, it's it's hyper stylized. And when Sid Haig plays gay <gasps> to lure the guards in, he has big shoes apparently. Um, yes. <laughs> D. 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 I love that he has the pause. D. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Campy Sid is just hilarious oh my god yes i mean it, it really again it is i mean you can't take these at all for any polit ounce of political correctness and any sense of true i feel equality <laughs> and but he plays the campiness like perfectly he he knows how to balance the humor Yes. Um, because there are these kind of I don't know there are these still these action moments like some really good when they take over the prison at the end that's a good action scene like a it good is. prison escape I mean when I was re-watching it the thing at the beginning yeah. yes yes yeah the way they orchestrate that robbery in at the beginning of the movie again we have Pam Greer singing he did that in the big dollhouse as well. She sang the opening theme. Um, yeah, so that's a bonus. But um, that you're right; it's perfectly choreographed. Yeah, the escape and you know <laughs> what John they they pronounce it Django in the movie. I say Django. Django, I know. Django. But I Jack Hill said in Episode the commentary five of the VD clinic. <laughs> uh, he he said in the director's commentary where he came up with that. Did did either of you see that that little bit? No, no, no I didn't listen to the country. Uh, he said he and Sid Haig, you know, had still been in the Philippines from when they shot the last movie, and they had mm -hmm. beards. And people, he a lot of people were calling Sid Haig Django. So he's yeah. like, oh, okay, I'll put that in. And then eventually somebody that helped him with language said that it was like a slang term calling Sid Haig a monkey in, oh. in like Spanish or something <laughs> like that. And it was kind of an insult. Yeah. So the interpreters were nervous about telling him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they were calling Sid Haig a monkey. And that's yeah. where he got his character's name. But he didn't know until after that, of course. It wasn't part of the humor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and speaking of being over the top, Vic Diaz. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I mean, there are plenty of exploitation movies where we see Vic Diaz being rapey. Okay. Mm. So I will say it is kind of refreshing <laughs> to see him in a different role. <laughs> Yes, and a doing very something different. different. <laughs> doing something different. 
I think he's still and looking like that. he's enjoying it too. That's the best part. He looked like he was having fun. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like how much? I mean, yeah, because it seems like a very comedic. They're just a very comedic feel to some of it. I mean, that entire scene where they're coming into the um the hut or the bunk or whatever for the first time and you've got jones there she's you know going down the line to everybody and she's like hurry along hurry along whatever blah 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 and she's trying to sell the place and all this something and someone like yells out to her why don't she get what is it why don't she go play with yourself or something she's like i'd like to later thank you <laughs> like she just, adds, she just adds it all in there like like she has this perfect timing and like everything like and she makes everything a presentation and you know she's kind of having fun with it as the same time she's you know establishing a certain dominance she's you know not completely an out al- like alpha but she's a higher ranking you know mm. and where she she is establishing that and she is putting down some groundwork and trying to keep some people in place you know and be an enforcer without being an asshole you know i think it's an interesting character balance like that's something you don't get in a, a lot of these other women in prison movies, some of these, like some of these little character things like that, where it's just like these little moments where you're like, Oh, okay. That's something a little different. And it's kind of interesting. Uh, even though I think I, I think I still, I go, see, I go back and forth about, whether I like this or the big dollhouse more. Like I go back and forth. Hmm. I kind of like this one more. Yeah. If I'm... for nothing else than, than Sid's performance in this is just, uh, just much funnier. Yeah. I, I definitely liked him a lot more in this than that. Yeah. I haven't seen it since we covered it. And that was right. A time ago. December. Um Yeah, see that's just it is I like I said, I go back and forth, but I think this time around I think I did like this more. Because there were just a couple little things that got me, just like that whole exchange between like I think maybe it's you had some stronger actors <laughs> sharing this space. Like, like I said, even Carol Speed. Um, yes, we know Abby, not a great film or whatever, but she, I mean, she did other things too, but she's a higher level actress than some other ones in some other movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, obviously, you know, and Pam Greer, I mean, this was also her third movie so she had already gotten better doing what she you know she was already honing her craft you could think of it even that way I mean that true. but even though it was a very short amount of time it's still the fact of she knew more of what she was doing I mean at least you would reason you know think but I don't know I think it will probably depend on it be I watch it again and then 
yeah, what's my mood that time? <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. Am I, am I really feeling it? What's what's going on? See, most importantly, this one has an Australian in it, which makes it all better. Oh, that's right. Yes. Goody. The lady that uh, shakes her stuff for the guard, right? Yes, Wendy Green, who uh, did big yeah, The Big Birdcage, A Black Mama, A White Mama, and uh, Wonder Women. And that's pretty much about it. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, that seems to be the, the, a theme for a lot of these actresses. Yeah. yeah. They just went, I'm never doing that ever, ever again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it, I don't know. I, uh, what was I going to say? The, um, so... I started to mention earlier, I don't know if was this before we came back or we on break when I started talking about the eyebrows. Okay, eyebrows. <laughs> I want to talk about eyebrows again. I've got to talk about eyebrows again. Are we, I don't know what my problem is. Um, so in the last movie, I was talking about how just on point... Teresa's eyebrows are well here Karen's eyebrows are so overly plucked she's the like Amazonian uh lesbian or whatever mm. in the you know that runs around naked in the chicken fat yes that whole scene so much. was so awesome I it's love like... that so much <laughs> like right the fuck on I, you know, until she said it, I thought she had just put soap on herself, and I figured that would yeah. have worked almost as well. Yeah, but but no, if you're gonna do it, chicken fat is definitely the way to go. <laughs> yeah, if you're gonna oh, run out into the human fat. jungle, yeah, you're gonna run naked in the jungle so people can't get you. It's chicken fat. <laughs> chicken fat all the way. Yeah. No more, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. But I just, and, and, and yeah, and so then I had to go get my eyebrows threaded today. So <laughs> I, they're not overly plucked, though. I don't know. They're not that bad. But they just made me yeah, conscious of them, I guess, after I also had seen <laughs> Teresa's <laughs> beautifully sculpted eyebrows. <laughs> I yeah, think but, that's but what it was. Not eyebrows. an eyebrow fetish. Not an eyebrow fetish. Com- oh. Contrary to popular belief. Yeah, I think it is. But I mean, like Sid's eyebrows and and, and Vic's eyebrows are fantastic. They're, they're like just so cartoon. No, Sid's mustache is <laughs> perfection. The handly barist. Yes. The most handly barist mustache. He and and when he quote unquote plays gay and fakes to be the gay guard, Sam Smith. Um, Sam S. Smith, excuse me. <laughs> um, he uh, has he waxes it even more. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah, he, he actually has the points on the end. It's just like, oh, yeah. so fantastic. Oh no, he, oh, he, fantastic. Really, he really worked it. I'm like, wow, wow, that's that's a whole interesting thing of, <laughs> yeah. I had to I had to notice that. I had to notice that. I, I do like his outlook of, you know, tomorrow the revolution, tonight we feast. That's... Yeah. I like that's that a nice as a plan. Motto. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could live by that. 
Well, you know, I expect that when a man is at the beginning, you notice he goes, you know, they have the the robbery or whatever. He's trying to make a getaway in sandals. So (laughs) I'm like, you, (laughs) you're not thinking that far ahead, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, but he jumps in the river and says, tell him I went the other way. And it's just like, it's the river. He knows it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jungle. Jungle. (laughs) (laughs) With his mustache in his hand. Jungle. <laughs> he will. Lucky fucking Lo- bastard in the shed with Pam Greer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love their fight that ends in the mud. I love when she pulls yep. out that jagged dagger. Uh huh. Um, <laughs> and the. Yeah. <laughs> she pops out of her her vest yeah, hitting her <laughs> with a real dead duck mm. yeah exactly because <laughs> it was easier a than real getting dead a rubber duck. one yeah yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yep. and then I couldn't find it and I don't know if you know but I felt like Jongo and uh, Blossom's number one assistant guy mm-hmm that looks like the assistant guy in Crocodile Dundee too, but I couldn't find out. Oh, that might be a stretch. That really <laughs> might be a stretch. I don't remember that movie. I've blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> I used to watch yeah. that a lot when I was a kid. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, don't be sorry. Uh, there's a whole nation of people that try to block it out of their mind. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I, I didn't think that that would be a <laughs> But I'm just, there's so many things of an era that i missed and or i barely remember <laughs> yeah i just had a like, quick quick flash of when there's like six or seven guys hunting him down at the end i feel like yeah. i saw his face but i it's been a while i i used to watch it a lot when i was a kid because yeah you know kids don't know better sometimes no because <laughs> i forget when that came out but Anyway, back yeah, to Pam Greer. Back to yes, the big bird cage. Yeah, the big bird cage. The uh, the lady that did the part like uh, that you did of Vanessa. In, Which one in the quarantine theater? The 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 lady that starts out the scene. The Jones. Jones, the one that sort of looks like Roger Daltrey. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And no, he's a pretty that... he's a pretty man, so I, that's not meant as any sort of slight. That and Amy Irving, yes, and uh, Carrie, yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, and I guess she was in a band. Uh, Jack Hill said, "Okay, but um, I don't know where I was going with this." Anyway, Pam Greer. Well, you know what's interesting? You know, I always have to make more you know costume comments. The <laughs> women in this prison movie. The women in prison are actually wearing pants part of the time. Most of the time, in fact. Even if they're popping out of their shirts, I- I'm like, what? Pants? Shorts? <laughs> not not dresses? Uh, <laughs> or skirts? Not smocks? I'm, shocked. I'm shocked. I mean, I guess it's when, when you're harvesting coconuts and, gr- and grinding sticks into sugar. 
with the giant pipe that uh, you should be wearing <laughs> in that yeah, yeah. kind of climate should or, or while wearing. you're doing that work they're wearing oh. shoes even if they are sandals <laughs> they're still wearing yeah. shoes <laughs> there was an element of osha but not too much right <laughs> thank you <laughs> I mean, I feel like the the colonel or the admiral or whatever his name was, um, Zappa. Warden Zappa. Warden Zappa. You know, he had more access to the military and probably military funding so they can get proper footwear for the the prison camps. True. True. And, oh, my God. Okay. What about the prison camp doctor? (laughs) Oh, uh, I, I just, I don't know. Yes. Put, putting random organs in, 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 just, yeah. Like, yeah. in the cupboard, put it in the cupboard. I'm just going, what are you doing? <laughs> is, is it just, you know, some sort of weird organ harvesting? Is it what? I wasn't sure what was up with her, but she was something about her just I was so fascinating to me. I'm like, what's your story? I mean, you could you know there was so much more going on there. <laughs> like oh, yeah. what is up? <laughs> and it was it was just like, no, it just is what it is. It there was no explanation. <laughs> no, yeah, no backstory, no nothing, just uh, and uh yeah this is like i'm there i'm gonna do my stuff and you know don't talk to me look over there look over there look there's big lesbians go over there and my question and and i totally i mean i appreciated this don't get me wrong but my question is what kind of infirmary are you running where all the patients just lay around naked a A good one a sexy one I mean, maybe a sheet, but none of them ever had any clothes on. I'm not saying I was complaining. It was just an observation. It's the Philippines. It's hot. And humid. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Half the wounds not even dressed, though. I've got a headache. Bigger issue. That was the bigger issue. Yeah, I've got a hangnail. Strip down. Yeah. It's just simple. Everyone gets naked. Keys in the middle. Off you go. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so what I what my thought that I popped into my head. So I was gonna say in the last movie. So there's the scene where Alabama is there with Teresa and she's like packing a bowl. Or whatever. Yes. Okay. Did you see her container that she had her shit in yes her drugs in that gorgeous like big breasted statue and then you see some of the artwork that's in the background and the walls in that movie i started noticing in this movie too well <laughs> in the gay guards room oh yes yeah. the pictures of the quote-unquote hunky men <laughs> yes. Not in like balance <laughs> They weren't quite Tom of Finland, but, you know, they were bodybuilder, like Charles Atlas, kind of, like. So few things are Tom of Finland, though, really. I know, right? I wonder if they were the inspiration, the the guards uh, have either, I'm sure 
one of you's probably seen the movie Volunteers with John yep. Candy and Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. Yeah. Yes. Uh, you know the the guards that the evil admiral drug kingpin guy has are kind of like a 1980s exaggeration of uh, Rocco and mm. uh, yes, yeah, he does actually. A little bit, just I don't know. It's little, been a minute a little since bit. I've seen yeah. that. Yeah, it could be, could be. Anything's possible. I mean, you know, stereotyping and all that. <laughs> yeah, I, f- I feel like a lot of the plot is sent, is taken from you know bridge over uh, bridge on River Kwai. Don't they build a bridge uh, in Volunteers and then blow it up? Um, sorry. That's bridge. That's all I ever hear. It's that whistling when anyone mentions bridge over River Kwai. Of course. I mean, that's you know, yeah. That I haven't seen that movie in forever. I. That's but, one I don't think I've actually made it all the way through. Yeah. But anyway, moving <laughs> away do. from sadness and 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 prisons to happiness and prisons and women with boobs, <laughs> and uh, look. Pam's cleavage in this movie, whether yes. it's in a vest, in a dress, or in a shirt, outstanding. There was nothing that was going to contain those boobs in this movie. I know. Well, not just her, though. Like, True. True. There was a lot of underboob. Yes, there was a lot of underboob. Uh, yeah. And side boob. Yes. Definitely. I appreciated that. Yeah. And... Um, and they had some of the like pants cut short to be like short, so you got like under cleavage of the asses too. So yes. that was nice. There was, um, there was a few booty shots. Yes, but um, and the uniforms were actually all uniform. <laughs> just, <laughs> just side note, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's just. The madhouse thing in here. It was like a chicken coop, practically, is what it, it just what it was had the feel that it was supposed to be almost. Yes. Oh, if you're a little bit unstable in the cage, in, in the, the cage. cage, that's it. <laughs> we're just gonna hose you down, and, and we're gonna and make you more up. mentally unstable. Yeah. yeah, it reminded me of, of the, the scene in Planet of the Apes. Where uh, Charlton Heston gets hosed down in the cage. It's just like, it's exactly the same. <laughs> but he didn't uh, have on as much breakaway clothing as, as these ladies had. That, that is thank very. Goodness. True. Thank <laughs> goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think everyone is happy about that. Oh, my goodness. Nobody wants to see Dr. Zayas. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be a damn dirty ape. No two ways about it. <laughs> Oi. Anywho. <laughs> moving on, moving past Charlton Heston. <laughs> oh my goodness. There was there was, a, there was a, a scene when the second guard um gets blood on his pants. He says, Oh my god, I got blood on my pants. And Rocco says it's like jism with a kidney condition. <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> and I just sort of went, oh. Yes. It's like, oh, no, that's just wrong. <laughs> yes. Just wrong. 
Yes. <laughs> Do you think that's the title of a metal song somewhere? Yeah, probably something by Burzum. <laughs> uh, wouldn't surprise me. Oh, my goodness. I I know. I had that thought, too. When I watched it again last night, I was like, oh, God. Wait. Yeah, you want to make it just, just a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit more creepy. But he's just giggling and yes. that's what is makes it so bad yes yeah rocco's giggle is just like he says it in giggles while he says mm. it it's just oh mm. my goodness and vic diaz just has this sparkle in his eyes at the same mm. time yeah, it's, it's so it's disturbing like, <laughs> i'm having so much fun <laughs> Uh, now, let me ask you: the way that the <laughs> Sid and Pam's ending that made me sad. Yeah, that did make me a bit sad. It was just like, oh, yeah, yeah. I was I was pulling for him. I I sort of was picturing yeah. a, an ending with them shaking the shack again while the uh, other revolutionaries hang out with the women that escaped. Mm. Uh, that 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 was the ending I was picturing before I was like, no, yeah, it was yeah. just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, oh, no, yeah, you know, I, <laughs> but you know, uh, Juliet and her Romeo, in some sort of fashion, um. We skipped over uh, what's her face getting hung up by her hair. Oh, now look, I don't have any hair, which is common knowledge, but even that made me wince. <laughs> I, I, for many, many years, had hair like long to my waist, or a little bit longer. Um, yeah, straight long hair uh, for probably. How old was I when I got my finally got my hair cut? Uh, yeah, I got it cut when I was fourteen, so I'd had it long pretty much my entire life. It like I didn't really get a haircut; like it started growing and growing, and I was born with tons of hair. <laughs> um, anyway, you know, I've only gone shorter later, but I just yeah, it would be painful, definitely. Mm. Um, but I just, I don't know how long it could be done. It could be done though. Yeah. I mean, eventually it's going to well, break. Yeah. Like it's going to just rip out of your head. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the only time I've ever had my hair pulled in violence was, um, I was like somewhere maybe seven or eight, uh, Shit got rough in a hedge maze around Halloween, and some girl grabbed me by my hair and punched me in the face. <laughs> oh, um, oh, oh! And that, but it, you know, it was quick. <laughs> she, she just punched me in the face and threw my head on the ground and went on her way. Uh, wow! But yeah, any other times, but my hair has been pulled for different reasons. Yeah, but, yeah, sure. Um, no, that, 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 that's okay when it's yeah. consensual hair. Sure. Yeah. 
that right well yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a different story <laughs> but yeah that that part i was you know i found myself crossing my arms to metaphorically protect myself or something like that uh yes. that, that was a hard scene um well they used a harness to do it. i mean well yeah <laughs> i mean obviously you know yeah uh but yeah, I I enjoyed finding out that this was shot uh, partially around where they shot Apocalypse Now. I thought yeah, that was cool. Oh, uh, so <laughs> <laughs> the horror, the horror. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, I I I didn't dislike the other movie, but this was my favorite of of the show. Yeah, oh, out of the, out of the two. Oh, definitely. By far. Absolutely. Absolutely. Room watchability in this one is much higher. Everyone looks like they're having fun. Everyone. Mm. Even the people who are, like, like, the warden being so serious and everything. He is fucking having the time of his life. You can tell he's just enjoying himself. Yes, no copulation for anyone. <laughs> of any kind. Right. Any kind. Right. Even even the creepy old Filipino men that are there for sex seem like they were having a good time. Well, right. Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's a it's a much yeah, it, it's a much more enjoyable movie. You can definitely rewatch this. Whereas you know, it, despite the fact that the ending is yeah not not the happiest of endings, um, yeah. no, it's still yeah, it's a fun movie. It's great. You know, there's there's explosions, there's shooting, there's a a, a giant machine, uh, <laughs> which was designed by Jack Hill's father. Of course, it was. Yeah, yeah, but um, I, no, I just uh, oh god, what was I going to say? I had a thought and then I lost it. Go ahead. Sorry, I'll remember again in a minute. Uh, <laughs> You're wrapping up. I will uh, remember it. I can't remember. Just yeah. the rewatchability being higher. Yeah, all the, all the, the cool stuff that's in it. Yeah, um, all the cool stuff. In it. They're, they're shooting. You know, there's Pam with guns, women with knives. There's explosions. There, there's all sorts fights. of stuff. <laughs> well, and yeah, mud fights. One mud thing. Fights. Oh, yeah. One thing I want to say is that you really see. The way you see her, like, it really showcases her skills as, you know, as an action star. Yes. Like, I, re you can really see where she's does more work here and how it led to, like, other roles. I mean, basically, she then went on within a couple years to work with Jack Hill again in Coffee, mm. you know. And then that went on, you know. So yeah, well, I mean, yeah, coffee was their breakout action role. There's no two ways about that. But I think this is the point here where it's like, I think he must have realized, got some someone here who hmm. has these capabilities because look at the scene where she comes into the prison and she's there to prove that she's the alpha bitch. She hmm. just, yeah. Just lays into him. Right. She and I mean it she incorporates a certain amount of martial arts skills. You know. Gets them, gets them bitches in line. Right. 
but she's still, you know, cat fight, whatever. I mean, it all these different and these revolutionary skills that you see her having. I mean, I, I love when they send her in as the decoy and she goes up and she like throws the pulls, you know, the grenade and pull, throws it at the uh, whatever politicians. And the one politician with he has the detonated grenade and he holds it he throws it to the other politician (laughs) (laughs) like not to just a civilian or just on the ground he throws it to another politician (laughs) yoink and he's out but i I, I like when it fizzes and she just goes ah shucks well she was trying to do that on purpose she was trying to get arrested i know know, but but it's just the reaction of it yeah i know he was like, oh, you're not trying to act very well. <laughs> you're trying to hide it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, I mean, there's a definite, I think, much more rewatchability here than you have with women in cages. Yeah. Uh, oh, and I think part of it is the directing. Mm. Uh you know, and I don't know if it was because Jack Hill was, you know, more experienced or with these, you know, a lot of these actors or if, you know, it, I don't know, he just because he wanted to do it with the more tongue in cheek kind of feel. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. Well, I get the feeling that like Jack Hill had a full plan about the way he wanted it to to start, you know, yeah. what he wanted to get out of it, and they had a clear ending. Whereas uh, women, women in cages, sorry, yeah, women in in cages seemed to be that it was very loose. There was really wasn't a lot of story in there to hold it together. Yeah, but I'm even talking about comparing it to Jack Hill doing the Big Dollhouse. Yeah, I mean, does it seem that he's maybe? Be, you know, because he was having more fun with it. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, everybody's probably a little bit more comfortable. They've worked together before. Maybe that's what it was. Hmm. And if this was the third film that, you know, some of them had done together. Yes. Or at least a second film. Because there were certain people who appeared in two films. Some people appeared in three, you know. I mean, definitely crew worked on, and then some went on also to work on Black Mama, White Mama. Although that, like I said, that wasn't Roger Corman produced. No. So, you know, and then some appeared, you know, in these other, like, were, you know, in these other movies together. Like, what was one? Wonder Woman. And then, um, shit. I forget. Yeah. <laughs> they just kind of all end up, so many of them end up crossing over and repeating people or that they work with. That's kind of interesting. I appreciate yeah. that. You know, that, you know, that's the crowd that <laughs> just, yeah. It's but. the joys of a shared experience. Exactly, exactly. But, um, yeah. So, anything else to say 
before we wrap things up. Well, check check it out. Check out the big bird cage. Yes. Yes yeah. indeed. I would definitely recommend this before I would recommend women in cages. Yeah. Oh absolutely. Yeah. See this well before women in cages. But see them all. Oh yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Definitely. Okay. Well, which where can um tell people where they can find you normally other than you. well <laughs> normally or normally you, know? you can find me <laughs> so do you know yes uh normally you can find me in in the dark corners staring out at you while you sleep no actually you can find me at <laughs> legionpodcast.com uh you can also find me on the facebooks the twitters the instagrams uh the Flick chat. If you just search for which W Y C H, you will find me. And on Flick chat, uh, the code word is Doomsday Clock. Come along, have some fun. And uh, both Vanessa and Darren have previously been guests on the show, and no doubt will be guests again in the future. Certainly, I hope so. Love to. Yeah. Yes, always a fun time. Indeed. We talk silliness. We talk boobs. <laughs> One of my all-time favorite subjects. <laughs> well, two. Well, yes, or, indeed. They usually come well, in pairs. Well, you know, whatever does it for you. <laughs> oh, yeah, total recall. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Get your ass to Mars. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess, and do you have, uh, I guess we'll go ahead and let you go and then we'll go to break and then Darren and I, we will come back. Okay. Okay. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thanks a lot for your time, man. Thank you for having me. Well, I said it was a genuine pleasure to, to, to get to chat with both of you at the same time with two very fantastic movies and for me to do silly acting, which I don't get to do that often. (laughs) Good. This'll keep you quiet. Oh, hi there. I didn't see you. You caught me cutting a new show. I'm Bo Ransdell, and I'm one of the many creators you can find on Legion Podcasts. I said quiet! My fellow podcasters and I work hard to bring you the best in horror podcasting, but that comes at a cost. What's that like to live deliciously? Not that, but also, yes. No, what I'm getting at is that there are server costs, costs for good microphones and software for editing, all the things that make our shows, you know, fun to listen to. And you can help. If you're enjoying the shows on legionpodcasts.com or in the Legion Network available on iTunes and Stitcher, just about anywhere you can download a podcast, really, you can help us out and get a little something for your trouble at patreon.com forward slash legionpodcasts. For just two bucks a month, you get a pair of movie commentaries exclusive to Patreon, and for five dollars, you can also join us for a monthly screening of a movie. All of that available on patreon.com forward slash Legion Podcasts. We appreciate it, and thank you for listening. Now, back to the cutting room. Okay, and we are back. Um, just to close out the show quickly. I wanted to announce that we are going to have a book giveaway. We haven't had one in a while, 
Plus, you know, that means, yeah, Vanessa's purging the bookshelves. (laughs) (laughs) How many book giveaways is this? Because I feel like the first one, I was just a listener and I won. Yes, you did. Um, We haven't actually done that many. I think we've only done three, maybe. Yeah. Three? Yeah, that feels right. You did one, Robert Ward won one, and then Liz won from on Twitter. So, yeah, three. So, yeah, we're overdue, like a library book. Naughty, naughty. Um, There's a whole other issue entirely, naughty librarians. Um, (laughs) So, and... We are going to have, we were going to be giving actually two books away, both written by David Wong. One is What the Hell Did I Just Read? And the other is Futuristic Violence and Fancy Suits. So these are, these are hardback copies. Um, I don't, they're not red. (laughs) They're brand new practically new basically they have just been bought and sat on a shelf yeah yeah so anyway they they will go to someone chosen at random but it has to be someone who is um what follows us on flick chat so darren what is our handle on the flick chat app we are to join our discussion group or message board or whatever it's called. It is VD clinic pod, all one word. Yes. So like our Twitter and our Instagram and our email. So basically we will, once we post this episode, we will post a message on there and whoever responds to that um we will yeah kind of join the book giveaway and we will choose from random yeah I've, so. I've got an app on my phone called tiny decisions and we can just put everybody's name on there and press spin and it'll tell us who won okay yeah these are two like i said hardback too <laughs> as well <laughs> novels so uh yeah so and you know uh, she's serious if she's willing to pay the postage on a hardback. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But um yeah, it's just a matter of I've just don't something I've acquired over the years and I just have never touched and I think someone else should have a good home with this year, you know, or provided a good home, I should say. So, yeah. Anyway, Darren, yes. what do you what do you, what else do we have uh, coming up next month? All right, next month in October, we believe we have and, lined oh, up. And, what? Sorry, one more thing about the book giveaway. We'll um, run it through, I guess, when we record next month, which we will should be with, with I guess, mid October. Yeah, I mean, as of recording, and I imagine similar time from the release of this recording to the release of the next recording, 
um, it's almost exactly one month from now. Okay. Uh, so, it's, yeah. It's roughly a month from now uh, when we're recording. Okay. Great. Then yeah. we will have that time period, too. And there there will be a specific thread in the Flick Chat app that's, you know, book giveaway. Right. Right. But we're not posting... So that if you're basically when you I'm saying this because when you hear this episode, I'll let you know that we haven't already posted it in the flick chat discussion. I'm okay. only going to post I'm only going to post it in the flick chat discussion once this episode is posted. OK, I think good idea. I think that's only fair. Yes. Yeah. That way, if anybody else wants to join the app, they won't feel like <laughs> left out. <laughs> An even starting time for everybody. Yeah. Exactly. I only I only want to be fair. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So, but next month for October, we are hopefully having a spe another special guest join us, yes. and we will be doing tales from the hood, and paired with Clive Barker's Books of Blood Volume One, which is um, the Book of Blood. The Midnight Meat Train, The Ratter Yattering and Jack, Pig Blood Blues, Sex, Death, and Starshine, In the Hills, The Cities, and that's the last story in part one. Yeah. Yes. I'm behind in my reading. In, in case you read in different <laughs> ways. I just have the I just have volume one as one book, but I know some people have collections of short stories and PDFs or whatever, so right. They've been distributed in different ways, but we're only gonna going to do volume one. I think that that's a fair amount to break up as far as the number of short stories mm -hmm. in there, um, and the number of pages. It's not outrageous. Yeah, and it's it's so, available in regular book, Kindle, and audio book. So, yeah, I have the Kindle, so. So yeah, choose your poison. Yeah. And uh, one of the cool things I think about collections of short stories is not everybody has to do all of the reading and they can, you know, skip around, pick their favorites. They're not us, yeah. but, you know. You can do them in whatever order that yeah. if you want to. Yeah, that's a good point. So, okay. I know I'm excited about that. Plus, of course, you know, Halloween time. So we'll be giving some Halloween recommendations coming up. Now that we don't have to talk about Handmaid's Tale anymore <laughs> for at least a long time, a long time, at least a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, you can find it, like I said, VD Clinic Pod and most social medias, you will find us. Uh, thank you. I think that's it for tonight. Unless you've got anything to add. No. Um, are you going to be guesting anywhere or have any other things going on that you want to share you know, oh yeah you know um, prop up let's see the you know uh i'll be recording and showing up again on you know the pod podcast under the stairs 1990s countdown thing that uh you know duncan's been doing a decade every year yeah for a while now um that should be out Probably sometime around the time of this. I know it's going to be, it might be closer to October. Uh, he's, 
you know, I think, I don't know how many people there are, but there's you know, two separate lists and a citizen's council and all this other stuff involved. Uh, there's that uh, over at the, the Midnight Horror Show, which is currently called the Movie and Hip Hop Show. Uh, we should have out uh, horror movie spoofs and uh, two Wu-Tang Clan albums versus each other and uh, some bracket thing that Danny's set up. That's also with Duncan and uh, yeah. our friend Mark Ball and a couple other people. Uh, over Psycho Semantic, look for, uh, right before I went to Chicago for Riot Fest, I recorded an interview with Mike J. Marin. Yeah, making sure I didn't mispronounce his last name. Um, he directed... He's directed a couple movies, but this one is a documentary he made called Cinema Red, Natives and Horror. And he and uh, mm. some uh, other First Nation or Native Americans that he knows uh, just sort of after seeing um, horror noir sort of wanted to sit down and talk about horror movies in the Native uh, perspective. So uh, had a little chat with that. That should be out sometime around the release of this also. But other than that, I can't plan too far ahead there because as we've seen with this fucking shit show in Washington, you, you can't plan too far ahead. You don't know what's going to be fucking happening. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Especially election cycle. Yeah. Um. <laughs> primary season, motherfuckers. I Since... know. I know. <laughs> Thank you for stepping down, de Blasio. <laughs> <laughs> Come back and be mayor of my city. Um, do your fucking job. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, that, that's a side point. Um, anyway, but um, yeah, that's you've got quite a bit going on. You've got quite a bit. Um, I have, I'm just trying to think between the release of this and maybe the ref October referral slip. I don't know exactly when the episode is going to be coming out, but I did an episode for, uh, Patrick, uh, Scream Queens, um, his potathon again this year for, um, uh, October and, uh, the alt, um, to um, help raise, like, the fundraiser to help raise money for new alternatives, the LGBTQ uh, homeless youth, uh, like, center here in New York City. So, um, I'm on an episode, um, yeah, of that coming in October. I... Probably around the time this episode comes out, I will be on an episode of The Horror Returns talking Rob Zombie's Firefly trilogy. Um, Firefly family trilogy, rather. So that's that. And what else? Oh, I'll be on Who Will Survive in sometime on October, <laughs> I guess, before the next before our October episode comes out. So yeah, talking actually more Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie's Halloween two and um The Barn. But the Barn. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've never heard of it before. 
<laughs> I yeah, wow. some random movie, and I'm like, okay, sure. Um, oh yeah, and we'll, forgot to say what I was when I'm going to be doing at Scream Queens for the Potathon. I'm going to be doing uh, the Legacy from 1978. That's Sam Elliott, Catherine Ross type thing. Yeah. Speaking of Robert Daltrey, uh, Roger Daltrey. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness, that movie kind of scarred me growing up. <laughs> I, I talk about that. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I think that's about it on the, my end. So, um, so yeah, that's it for me for tonight. Say good night, Darren. Good night. Night. Thank you for listening to another episode of the VD Clinic. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can find us at Twitter at VD Clinic Pod or reach us via email at VDClinicPod at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook group, VD Clinic Podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback, suggestions, and more.